We'll turn over to Matthew 26 this morning, and as we read our scripture that God's placed on our heart this week, I've had, a, I've had this on my heart for a couple weeks, actually, and so I still, I'm just, I'm going to need your help, and I'm going to need your prayers, so pray for me. But there in the end of Matthew chapter number 26, we find Peter, a story we all know. And this circumstance was prophesied to him, and he was told by Jesus himself that this circumstance would take place. Beginning in verse 69, where it says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them, That were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art also, thou also art that are one of them, excuse me, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before, The cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. I want to preach to you this morning, and I will need your, I will need your help, I need your prayers, and I'll need you to follow along with me because what I've got on my heart's a little different than what I'm sure, what I, how I've ever understood this scripture. I want to preach to you this morning. If I had a title, I would say I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I don't blame people that don't come to church. I, I have a hard time pointing a finger and saying, you know what? They're, they're wicked, evil, vile people. They should be in, in God's house. They're wrong. They're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. I have a hard time with that because I in my life have seen how Christian people will act when carrying the banner of the Lord Jesus. I have seen how people will treat lost people. I have seen how Christian people will talk to other Christian people. And I don't blame them a bit for not wanting to come to God's house. And I, you know, I, I've been debating on whether or not I would say it like that, but I think I will. Because I don't blame them. I blame sin and I blame Satan being able to use God's people to turn lost people away. I never thought about it like this. I'm telling you what, that, that just, that get, that's, there's a lot right there. I never thought about it like this, but in verse 69, that damsel, that damsel that came to Peter, she talks to him and he denies Jesus in verse 70. I know, I know not what thou sayest in verse 70. You know, that damsel went home that night. She was a real person. And for the rest of her life, I would imagine that she remembered the day that one of Christ's own chosen few denied him. I don't blame her if she didn't ever want to be around Christian people again. 
I don't blame her if she didn't want to uh, get back near God's people. I don't blame her if she didn't value anything Peter ever said after that. I don't blame her a bit. He denied the Lord. Now we know that Peter, it was told to Peter by Christ himself. Christ told him, you'll deny me. We know that that was the case, and we know that when we enter into this covenant that we have, when we are saved, when we're redeemed, we know that we're going to at times, in a sense, in an essence, even if we don't say it, we will deny him almost. Sometimes blatantly, without even saying it. Sometimes we'll see people even say it. That, I'm not a part of that, that crowd. I'm not a part of that group. But imagine the long-term effects of what that has on people. I've got loved ones that sit at home that don't go to church. And if you go back down through the line of why they don't go to church and why they don't believe or why they don't follow this scripture, why they wouldn't listen to this podcast we're recording, why they wouldn't get around you and why they wouldn't get around me, a lot of times you will find saved people doing something to deny Christ. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't ever say I denied Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take just a second and let's look at what Peter did here for just a moment. I don't have a lot, but I think that God's given me something that, that we can grow from a little bit here this morning. First off, have you ever seen anybody deny Christ by acting like they didn't know what somebody was talking about? Verse 70, again, but he denied before all them, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, he's one of the lords. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're talking about. Remember in grade school, middle school, elementary, well, yeah, elementary and grades, high school, those years in your life, somebody that not, you know, you always had that one, two people that everybody in the class kind of agreed they didn't want to be around those few people. But if you're like me, I was raised where you just were friends with everybody. And I tried to be friends with people. But then the group would say, well, oh, you're friends with them. No, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. Even though I just went to Chuck E. Cheese with them the weekend before. You ever seen that happen? Have you ever felt that way in your life? No, I don't know what you're talking about. This is Peter here. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, he's just going to brush it off. That's denying Christ. Christian people. You go to that church down the road. Well, I, you know, I, I don't, no, no, not all the time. Hey, you do, you're, you say you're a Christian. You've got the, you wear the cross or you, you have the tag on your car. You carry a Bible. You do things that people see and they think that's a, that's a Christian there. You get mad about something. I don't know what you're talking about. That happens. In essence, that's denying Christ. If you're willing to separate yourself from God's people, from God himself, from his son, if you're willing to say, I don't know what you're talking about when it comes to God, that's denying Christ. What does that look like to the world? What does that look like to lost people that don't know Jesus? What does that look like to people that just, just want to have some hope in their life? People that are going through difficult circumstances. I say all the time to people, I, I, I deal with a lot of folks that experience death. And have people, um, people, they do a couple things when somebody dies. You go to the funeral home and you go to the bank. I deal with that a lot. And you sit down with somebody and I tell you, I don't know. And I talk to so many precious people that have loved ones that pass on. And they say, I'm thankful I know the Lord. They have that boldness about them even though that's going on. 
I'll tell you what, that fires me up. And I tell them every time, I don't know what people that don't know the Lord do when things happen. You realize there's people who have went through this life without knowing the Lord? My goodness, that's a scary thought. There's people that have woke up in the morning and drive on the road without knowing God. I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to brew a cup of coffee without knowing the Lord. Because just thinking about what could happen in my life. Why would I deny that? Why would I push that to this side? We'll look at that in just a few moments. But there are people that will say, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And here's Peter after, and Christ had been arrested and he, had, he was kind of down and out. He was kind of distressed and it goes on in verse 71 and it says, and when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were, that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Woo. I'm thankful for God's forgiveness. Because I tell you what, to be able to say that, if you're a lost person and you say that, that's unpardonable sin. I don't know the man. I don't care for him. I don't believe him. If you don't, if you don't know him, know him in your heart. If you're not saved, that's going to send you to hell. But for a Christian, for a believer, for a follower to say that, oh my goodness, what a negative impact and effect that could have because... These people, this other maid on the porch that said this to him, when he said, I do not know the man, she obviously had something. She had obviously seen him out together. She had obviously recognized him. And then he denies him. That woman went home that night. She went home that night and she went to bed knowing that somebody that she had seen walk with Jesus denied him. I don't blame her if she doesn't ever want to go to church. I don't blame her if she, when she heard the rumors, when she heard the rumors that Jesus had been crucified and three days later he had got up out of the grave, I don't know. I, I wonder what went through her mind if she heard that rumor and think, we'll say, well, you know what? If he was going to, if he had the power to do that, why would, why would this man Peter deny him? You know what that does? That creates instability for someone in their spiritual relationship. That starts a relationship spiritually wrong. How do you know and believe and have faith in Christ when you can't even uh, have a, a little inkling of confidence in one of his children? I don't want anybody to have faith in me. I don't. You shouldn't. Pray you don't. But I want you to have a little bit of confidence in me. A little bit. I want you to have confidence that, that I'm going to stand true. Now, if I don't, I want you to call me out for it. But Peter, I tell you what. I think maybe she was looking for something. Maybe that she, she wanted to have some confidence that he's going to say, hey, everything's going to be all right because she had heard the stories. Yeah. We live in a world, there's, a, there's an island somewhere in the Pacific, I believe it is, and the people there are still tribal. They still live the way years and years ago people lived. And missionaries, countless missionaries had went to this island and had been killed over many years because they don't even, I mean, they, these boys, they, they hardly wear clothes. That's how tribal it is. But outside of that one island in the world, because they won't let anybody in to hear anything, I'd say there's probably not many folks that hadn't heard or at least have some type of notion of, of God, of Jesus, of the Bible, of something. Because we live in this world where there's so much on the Internet. There's so much out there. There's so much mission work and evangelism. You go to even countries like China where it's difficult to, to have church services. There's still underground churches. There's still an opportunity to hear. This woman, I would imagine, had heard about Jesus. And she had seen him and she had seen Peter with him. 
And she needed a little bit of hope because maybe in her heart she was uncertain about this man they called Jesus. But here's Peter, he denies him. And I don't blame her a bit if she doesn't ever take it seriously again. Because here stands Peter, supposed to be one of his chosen friends. I'm not talking bad about Peter. I know he's with the Lord today. That's the thing, that's the thing about God's forgiveness. Let me remind you of that. But he denied him. Wow, what a, what a, this is one of his chosen few here. But he denies him. Sometimes we act like we don't know what they're talking about, but then sometimes we deny him publicly. People see that and they hear that and do exclaim that. Say, well, I didn't say that. But I tell you what, sometimes the way we live will deny him publicly. The things we will do. Now, we can get big, we can get a lot of a lot of these things, a lot of these topics, we can hit the nail on the head with all these sins we can list off. But I tell you what Christians are most guilty at? Treating people bad. Talking bad about people. Gossiping. Lying. I'm just being truthful with you this morning. I tell you what, if I didn't have faith in Christ, I guarantee you I wouldn't have nothing to do with the church. Because it's, it's him that keeps things pure. It's him that keeps things clean. If it was up to us, this, this would be a mess. It'd be a shame. My goodness, the way we are. The way that Christian people will just, somebody, they see somebody come to church and they don't like maybe the way they dress or something that they, they have because maybe they don't have enough money. They, 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 I, there was a, a specific group I knew, some folks, and they didn't have the money to, to dress nicely to come to church. And they tried their best to, to, to put on nice clothes and try to look presentable, but there was a group of people that would still talk bad about him, knowing that these people were too poor to even buy, buy nice clothes to wear to church. That's a shame. You're supposed to be Christian people. I tell you what, if you can do that and not and get away with it, I'm worried. I'm I'm personally worried about your salvation. But but I'm going to tell you that there are times in my life I've been that way. I've done that myself. Thank God for His convicting power to come to me and say you were wrong. But I tell you what, I might ruin my testimony with those people that I can never gain back. I might gain back forgiveness with Christ, but I might ruin my testimony. I wonder if Peter ruined any testimonies. He gained back love and favor in Christ's eyes. He did. But he might have ruined the testimony with that, that damsel and with that maid there on the porch. He might have ruined testimonies. There's, I, I tell you, this happened to me in my life. I grew up with no reason in the world to live wrong, to do wrong, aside from I'm just flesh. I, I grew up in, in a good family. I, grew up with, I didn't grow up in a broken home. I grew up with parents that loved me and took care of me, grandparents that taught me right from wrong and spent time with me. I grew up with all these blessings, but yet those high school years, those teenage years, I'm telling you, I was rambunctious and wild and did all the crazy mess that, that I shouldn't have done. And when I started preaching, I thought, you know what? I have got that prodigal son testimony. I was kind of feeling big about myself. I, I've got right with the Lord, and I'm just going to go tell everybody about it. I'm going to be able just to go, and I'm going to slap the gospel all up over everybody, and they're just going to feel like I'm, I've arrived. And I was at Ingalls one day, and I saw a guy I went to high school with. And he stopped me, and we were talking. I said, hey, buddy. I was like, I'm a, I'm a preacher now. You need to come hear me preach sometime. Thinking I was thinking he was coming to hear something. He said, didn't you used to do this, 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 and this? Didn't you used to live this way? I tell you what, I'll guarantee you right now that boy did all that stuff with me. But I'd ruined my testimony because he knew I was just like him. He knew I was just as wicked as he was. He knew I was supposed to be a Christian and still live that way. I ruined a testimony, and I will promise you I haven't gained it back. 
because of the way I lived. That's, that's on me. That's my fault. That's me, in an essence, denying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm any different than the world. We've got to be dangerous. We've got to be careful because the danger is that we could deny him publicly. Sometimes we don't even say it out loud. goes on, verse 73, and it says, And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. You realize what he did? He, he realized that there was still something linking him to Christ, and he destroyed it. We, we know that the tongue, our tongue, will get us in trouble. I tell you what, even you don't even have to curse and swear, and your tongue can still get you in trouble. <laughs> I used to be bad to say a lot of bad things I shouldn't say. And I finally felt a victory where I had, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a cusser anymore. I'm doing so good. But I tell you what, our tongue is still evil and messed up. You don't have to cuss somebody to, talk, to make them feel bad. You don't have to cuss somebody to make, make somebody look at you like, hey, they're not a Christian. They say they're a Christian. They're acting like the world. But here he is. He realizes, here's Peter. He's realizing that there's still something linking him to Jesus. And they say, well, we've heard your speech. That group, that crowd, the, the maid, the damsel, they, well, they probably heard him preach. They probably heard him speak. They probably heard him out talking and saying different things. We've heard what comes out of your mouth, Peter. You're one of his. Your speech won't betray you because we've heard it. But guess what? He began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. He went all the way down to where he started sounding like the world. When you start sounding like the world, it's hard to ever regain anything with the world. We have to ensure that the things that come out of our mouth are pure. And if they're not, to try to correct those things. I'm not saying I don't face the flesh. I'm not saying I don't say things I shouldn't. I tell you what, I better do everything I can to make sure it's right by the time if it, if it happens. I say something I shouldn't. Lord, forgive me. Someone, forgive me. I'm sorry I said that. I shouldn't have had that attitude. I shouldn't have used that word. I shouldn't have done something like that. Please forgive me. But here's Peter. He doubles down. Cussing and swearing and screaming and hollering. And I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't blame him a bit for having no faith because, hey, this is supposed to be one of his. I want to point out a few things, and I'm done. We're most likely to disappoint Christ in a few different times in our life. And here's Peter. He was in, he was in these two things. He was in a stressful time. He had just seen the Lord be arrested. If you go back into the earlier end of the chapter, you find that, that he was, Jesus was betrayed he was arrested. He look, it looked like it was hopeless. You know, they, you realize they lived under Roman rule. I don't know if you know much about Roman Empire history, but them, those were some bad fellas. They, would, they didn't play around. They had one of the mightiest armies the earth had ever seen. I don't know about you, but I, I probably wouldn't have messed with them. They were serious. And they also had a crooked government. It's not a new thing. <laughs> it's, it's years and years old. They had a crooked government. It's just the way it is. So the likelihood of Jesus getting out of this, they were out for blood. The likelihood of him getting out of this 
was pretty low in Peter's eyes. And there he is. He's in a stressful time because there goes Jesus. He's been arrested. He's been betrayed. He's the, the mightiest, strongest army. They've got a hold of him. He was in a stressful time. No wonder. No wonder he denied him. No wonder he cussed and no, no, no. Those are the times that we're most likely to disappoint Christ. But those are the times that we're, we should be most diligent to stand for him. But we also are most likely to disappoint Christ in separated times. You know, this whole time he had been close with Jesus. He'd been right there with him. He was within reach of him. You ever realize in your life the time where you start stepping back into your old ways or when you're separated from the Lord? Maybe you're in a valley. You're, you can't, you don't feel like you can just reach out and get a hold of him. Touch the hem of his garment. Maybe you feel like the most difficult times in your life, those separated times from him are where you feel like he's not hearing you. Here's Peter. He's in a separated time. Jesus has been arrested. He's away from him. This was testing his strength. This was testing his faith. This was testing his diligence. And he failed, and Jesus told him he would fail. But I believe this could be used as a thought for us today to ensure that we realize that those stressful times and those separated times, that's most important times for us to be diligent. And I'm not saying I'd have done anything any different. This could say, verse 69, Now Joshua sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him and said, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all. It would be so easy for God. History could have been completely rewritten and my name be right there. That could be me in, a, in an instant. You know what I believe God desires? Take a moment like that. Things are looking bad. Things are looking down. We're living in a world that hates God. There's a hatred for God. The things of God, the truth of God... I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I don't want nobody telling me how to live. I don't want... Whatever happened to the... The only... Hey, even the attitude, the only person that can tell me what to do is the Lord. I'll take that. Over, the, over I'll take this godless society. If I don't want authority from anyone. Believe Christ would desire. We're in this moment. Peter's in this moment and... That maid comes to him and he says, Yes, I'm of Jesus. And I've got the faith in him to handle this situation. Maybe that could have looked a little differently for that damsel. That maid comes to him. Aren't you, aren't you the one that was with Jesus of Nazareth? Yes, I was. And I believe that he is going to handle everything that's going on. I have faith he's going to do right. I have faith that he is going to, to, to handle this situation. That could have looked differently. It goes on down and to consider where they say, your speech bereath we thee. That means your speech identifies you. Yes, it does. Because I am signed, sealed, delivered, separated, saved, sanctified by the king. Yes, it separates me. Let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. That could have changed circumstances. Jesus and his children are identified by a few different things. We're identified by our spirit. 
The spirit we have bears witness with one of one another, and I believe that it allows the Holy Ghost to be able to work in people's lives. The spirit we have. If you've got a nasty, wicked spirit, don't expect to ever win anybody to Christ. If you've got a wicked spirit, if you've got a nasty spirit, I tell you what, take a gallon of milk. You can even leave it sitting in the refrigerator a little too long. Open the top of that. You get a surprise if you don't know what you're looking for. Go outside and dig up dig up trees, get the roots out of the ground, leave them laying out on top of the ground for a, for a week or so in the hot sun. If your spirit smells like that, if you ever smell that, you know what I'm talking about. If you're identified like that, something's wrong. We should have a sweet, savory spirit. We're identified by our spirit. We are identified by our regeneration. We've been saved. We've been regenerated. We've been redeemed. But we're, and that's what they're saying to him in essence. They're saying, Peter, you're of Jesus. You've got that same kind of spirit. Peter, you're of Jesus. You've got that redemption. You're different. You've got a, you've got a promise of tomorrow. You've got a future. You've got an eternity. But also we're identified by our speech. Peter, your speech betrays you. You're telling us that you're not of him, but we've heard you speak of him. We've heard you praise him. And he doubles down and he curses and he swears. And he destroys the testimony. Then he began to curse and to swear. I know not, saying I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew... And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. In an instant, he realized, My goodness, what did I just do? Jesus told me this was happening. That might have been what restored his faith, is that remembrance of, Hey, Jesus told me I would do this. Remember one time over at my... My mom's, my mom, my dad's mom's house. I was a little, little tyke, and I kept getting too close to the stove, and she was canning beans, and I grabbed the something on the stove. I don't remember what it was, but it was hot. But she had told me, be careful. Be careful. You're going to get burned. I did. But it wasn't until I got burned that I remembered, hey, she told me not to do that. Few crocodile tears and an ice cream sandwich. I was good, but thankful for the Lord's forgiveness because He allowed Peter to recognize, go through that experience in his life to realize and recognize, whoa, this man is who he says he is. I shouldn't deny him. But in the end, thankful for forgiveness, but we can also ruin a testimony. And we can hurt and harm someone's spiritual growth or even hinder their, the beginning of a spiritual relationship with Christ. You realize that our tongue, our, identi our identity, our walk, our boldness could change the way someone looks at the Lord. We could bring reproach on his name. I, I hated hearing this when I was growing up. Dad would always, son, I'm disappointed. Not only did you drag our family name through the mud, 
but you made the Lord look bad. Good night. I, just whip me. Just wear me out. Don't say anything. But it's true. Our walk not only makes you look bad as a person, people don't have, they, they, I, don't, I want to be liked by people. I want people to care about. I hear people say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks. Find out most of the time those people care more than anybody. I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I do care. I want people to feel like they could come to me with something, that I would help them, that I'd be there for them. But most importantly, I want them, I care what they think about my Lord Jesus. If I deny him, if I walk recklessly, if I walk foolishly, if I speak foolishly, I don't blame him for not having, for not wanting to have anything to do with the church. I just, I'm ashamed that I've been able to be a vessel that Satan has been able to use to turn people away. These people that all witness this, I hope that maybe someone else come along down the road Maybe Christ come to him personally. I don't know. I hope that there was another intervention. Because Peter certainly wasn't the witness to them that they needed. Realize in our lives that as we walk day in and day out, there are people watching us. I think we get tricked in this world sometimes to think that we have to rise to some kind of position before people start looking and, and, and caring about us. Well, you've got to be some kind of superstar for people to care. That's not the case. A lot of those superstars and the people with all the money, you won't, you won't even be able to get within 10 feet of them. But regular old people, people that you run into day in and day out, people you can walk up and talk to, you've got an effect. People hear you. I have to remind myself in my job, management, those types of things. Realize that even though it has to do with work, it can still have a, a lasting impact on somebody the way I treat them. I don't ever want to say, somebody come and say, well, he's supposed to be of the Lord. Then he acts like the world. There are preachers that their speech betrays them. Their actions betray them. They treat people like dirt. I tell you, I ain't got use for that. I, it's a shame. People that don't care enough to, to have the decency, even to just to treat somebody halfway decent or just keep their mouth shut. I'm not saying I always do it right, but there are preachers that do it. Don't ever let anybody fool you on that. Heard one old preacher say one time, he said, sometimes the most wicked creature is the preacher. They're humans too. I've seen church people talk bad about people. Church people that if you heard the way they talk when they get at home, when they get out in the community, bring a reproach to the Lord's name, it's ridiculous. Let's not deny him in our actions, but let's point people to him. Because you know what? To the lost people in the world, Jesus is dead. He died all those years ago in their mind. Well, he died and they, well, they say he arose. No, he did. Let me tell you the truth of it. Get them to that point, hopefully, that they are able to touch base with the Holy Spirit. That that Spirit could bear witness that they might be saved and believe it for themselves. But I don't blame them a bit when there's been something done to deny Christ. It's a sad world we live in. The focus is too much on presentation, too much on money, 
focus in church sometimes is too much on the way things sound, the way things look. The way it's about God's people. He wants to save. He wants us to be there for that arrangement, making that arrangement, bringing people to him, drawing people to him, pointing people to him. That's all I've got this morning. Appreciate your attention. Appreciate your time. And considering the way we live and the way we act. If you say you go to church, if you go to church, if you say you're identified with Christ, there are people watching you. There are people that they, they'll inquire of you. Hey, are you a Christian? You go to church? But sometimes they won't even inquire. They'll just watch. There were some bystanders here. As Peter was cussing and screaming and shouting, there were some bystanders that were watching this go on. I don't ever want to bring reproach to his name. And I know I will. Before I get out of this thing, before I get out of life and I die one day, I will. I will. But, thankful for his forgiveness. But I want to be more aware of that. Does anyone have anything on their heart or on their mind?